That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I texted to a group thread, to our group thread, about Mercury being in retrograde, that you're going to have to, like, it's going to make you do things over. Do you remember that? Did you read that earlier today? I, well, I was driving. It's That's funny. But yeah, because I was driving, so I didn't get to open it. And I was like, since we're in me- retrograde, probably shouldn't open emails on my phone while driving. Yeah, totally. But a um, lot of it is like, uh, you'll be, you have to start over and do it again, is, is like well, one thing. Here we are. Mercury is in retrograde once again, and we're re-recording our top of show. There's a ring of fire, solar eclipse, new moon coming. All the planets will be in retrograde. Oh, what's happening? Well, you know, the Dark Lord himself, uh, I like to call him McDonald. You know, Trump. Ah. Hey, yo. Uh, he was born on a lunar eclipse, which is a lot of dark shit and energy. Yeah, that was uh, last we, week, though, but this is this week. I know, but I'm just saying, since we last spoke, that that is something that a lot of people don't know that the Dark Lord himself was birthed on a very rare event in the sky. Right. And, and he possesses the dark qualities connected with it. I get that, but like, I don't even want to give that fucker the satisfaction of like calling him a lord putting him in some sort of like sorry, uh, pedis- sorry, pe- sorry. pedestal position you know sorry what I mean? sorry the succubus yeah totally fucking okay sucks. fucking Begins. sucks you bitch or or we'll just call him mcdonald uh-huh. but <laughs> Welcome to Sidework Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Hi, guys. I'm your other host, Andrea Wallace. And we are (laughs) re-recording. We thought we would do it twice for you guys. The first time we did it, we were like, it's not quite seasoned enough. We sent back that dish, motherfucker. We sent our plate back to the kitchen and we got to redo it. Refire. Refire. Whoopsies. (laughs) Actually, I just had my levels all wrong and fucked up because it's a quarantine and a retrograde. Um, So here we are. Yeah, you're like, excuse me. um, I didn't mean to bother you, but like the levels on this like don't (laughs) taste right. <laughs> um. Yeah, we're we just feel really sensitive to how loud and screechy you sound right now. Well, the difference is uh, when we recorded earlier today, I had not you know tucked into a, a afternoon beverage yet, but here we are. I'm feeling yes. loose and fun. There you go. Have a tequila and soda. Also, just got good news. I am COVID negative, hey, as are you. Too. Yep. And I had been really worried about um. 
well, let's just say like uh, some discoloration on my right tit, oh, you know? Let's just call it what it is. That's exactly let's just call, what it is. It is what it is. There, I was like, I couldn't even think of a way to say it elegantly. But I've been wearing a sports bra way too much. A lot of leisure wear, lazy shit. Mm-hmm. And there's this blob of discolored skin on my on my right tit that's been bothering me because it's Mm -hmm. not going away and I was like I should have someone look at it you know and I got all gussied up and showered up because we all know when you go to an OBGYN first thing they do when you disrobe is they laugh at your tits Mm. you know that's why it's so (laughs) it's hard to want to go they laugh at your tits and they point and they say (laughs) and they're like look at the abrasion on that I know so I had her check it out because it can be a sign you know for anyone looking after their breast health I did it because it can be a warning sign you know that something could be going awry with the boobies Mm. but she examined it felt all around which was so fun because I really haven't been getting much action this quarantine oh dear Um, oh my gosh but uh, she was just like yeah this is chafing with a little bit of fungus. So I've got <laughs> I've got a moldy titty. Well, hello, boys. Good for you, Brooke, for getting that checked out. We should all be more proactive when it comes to weird spots on our bodies. Yeah, you know, I'm at an age where it's like, don't ignore it anymore, cutie pie. <laughs> Just go, go get it. checked out. It. Did you smack yourself on your own ass? I did. I was like, great job, sweet tits. <laughs> And then they they t- well so and then you know they were like is anybody else feeling like pancakes for lunch? Is oh, that what they said that's, when they pointed? That's what happens when I get, would get a mammogram, right? Like, yeah. Oh, good lord, the old boob squasher. <laughs> yeah, that's intense. Wait, so you you did it right? Oh no, when I would get a mammogram, I oh okay, I haven't done are- it. I was gonna do it, and then uh, there's this yeah. thing called a pandemic happened, and I'm just like I'm not ready quite yet. That pandemic hit. You know, you were supposed to do it a year ago. But anyways. Girl, it's fine. Are you, are you, are you, don't, can we? I'm not shaming. I'm not shaming. I get it. And also for everyone not aware, Andrea gets to turn 41 again because she got robbed of a birthday this year. Which means I'm still 40, which means my titties can get squashed any old time. I love it. I I touch them and I feel them, Brooke. I don't, I don't neglect them. Good. Good, good, good. I love all this. This all is right. fantastic news. Well, you know, all this TikTok makes me think that we should cover some headlines. Yes, let's dive into some headlines. Well, here's a fun one, you guys. Uh, and I, Andrea, you know, we both know this place, right? You've known of this spot, right? I've heard of it. Let's just go with it. Okay, so in Wisconsin, which is, you know, for those of you newer to the podcast, Andrea and I are hardcore Midwesterners, yeah. so... Wisconsin is part of the family. Um, there is a Wisconsin dive bar uh, called Bennett's Meadowood Country Club, mm-hmm. and its calling card for the past forty plus years has been that it it does porn in the morn, <laughs> eggs and smut, smut and eggs smut as they call it, and eggs. Here's the thing, though, is like you said, I I I there was a place called the Twisted Spoke that is probably still yes. open in Chicago. Also did this, and that's when I yes. was introduced to a smut and eggs. But please. Let's go ahead with the Wisconsin story. Well, and that's the thing, too, is that I am learning now that this is the originator of of banging and breakfast in the morning all together rolled into one disgusting sort of situation. Uh, and I think they are the originators because they've been doing it for the longest because yes, years, there are it says yeah. right here. Because in the Detroit area, there's a place that does like smut and eggs and, and that whole thing. Right. So, so this is Madison. So big college town. Hell yeah. And uh, 
they are thinking of bringing this tradition to an end, mm. which is, you know, I feel like I don't know if business is rough because of the pandemic. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, they obviously they took a stab at doing some uh, live shows with burlesque, but I, I think um, mm, they, it's not licensed. It's not licensed in well, Madison. The They're not licensed the, for it. Right. But here's the thing. They they advertisers has to be having strippers, I think, is the is the actual problem. Ah, and okay. they, then from what I've been reading, because of that, they, they had a big essentially they knew where they were, they were going to be shut down and then they had a big essentially like brunch orgy where they fucking had strippers come in which they advertised the strippers then would like lay across the bar you could like pour you could like spray whipped cream on them and lick it off like this is what happened <laughs> oh you mean this is where covid started right so they were COVID in uh, whipped cream. Yes, that's what the that's what the story, COVID the story goes. in whipped cream. Okay, so this got news to like the board of health and like having a performance license and all this stuff. And like they're like, do we even let them have their liquor license back after this? Because first of all, one hundred and one, you did say burlesque, and that's what I would say. I would just say, right. advertise it as burlesque, burlesque, not as fucking like as not as like, a strip tea show. It's, well, right. I guess it's burlesque, but burlesque yeah. is like a nice, gentle way of saying someone's going to show you their titties while you eat eggs. You know? Exactly. Because eggs, like IRL. <laughs> IRL. Exactly. Because I think we all know just in general, like rules are like you can't have food in the presence of uncovered vagine. <laughs> you know, titties, totally fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uncovered vagine is a different thing. You can't be serving no food. Yeah, you know. yeah. I, it, Which and, is, and again, I think it's more like your liquor license too. Because I don't, I guess I don't know what the rules are there. Like how much you can show if you can still drink alcohol. Because you know, there's some places right. in Nebraska, like if it's full nudes, it's like a juice bar is what they call it. Because mm-hmm. you cannot have alcohol there so you have to get really drunk before or just do a bunch of cocaine in the bathroom whatever you choose right. to do or just be you stone ha- cold sober in a sober. Full, full nudie bar you know that's yeah on, that's you that's that's what you like right. to do i mean why not just like stand in your truth you right. know that you right. wanted to be around fully naked women shaking it you know for your dollar bills and uh yeah i don't i don't understand why people need to be so fucking fucked up for that stuff it's as glorious to uh, uh, witness the human body right and there was also this- lap dances at this by the way there was like a behind yeah. there were like behind the tarp lap lap dances oh. for paying guests like they would pay for it like they were bas- like they basically turned themselves into a strip club and you can't just fucking do that that is what happened and they advertised it <laughs> so if they get their liquor license back, if they're reopen already, we, we should check it out and do a follow up because I mean you can't. That's a little, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, they, they 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 took the grand tradition of watching nudie pics while you're getting your you know your flapjacks and your your sausage links. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this it, was a real like you know ninth inning down by one bases loaded fucking yes, in my opinion. Yeah, you it know? was sort of like life imitating art and they're like we got to make up for some of this lost corona business you know yeah um let's yeah. let's oh, and the owner boy. was basically like i promise from now on the only sex sex that will happen in my bar will be on television <laughs> just normal just like the good old days my license back it's please. all i've got oh boy but what? i i do there is something to say about the fact that you know this bar open would open at 6 a.m the smut started at 6 a.m. Yeah. 
Oh, they Which are reopened, like, by the way. It says at the very end of the article, they're reopened and they're showing porn this weekend. So well, get okay. it while you still can. Get out there and support. Wear a mask. And just to be safe, even if you're just watching the porn from a distance, have a condom on. Everybody. <laughs> just have a condom on. We can't be too safe right now in this time of COVID. We can't. Oh, my God. God bless you, Wisconsin. What in the world? <laughs> I mean, speaking of wearing a fucking mask. Ugh. Okay, so in case you guys aren't totally savvy to it, uh, states that have been back open for a little bit are all shutting the fuck back down. It is a goddamn nightmare out there. Not only did Florida shut down again, Oregon... Um, surges of spikes are happening in Texas, in Arizona. Yep. Arizona's a hot spot, like crazy. North Carolina's really spiking and still, South, too. South Carolina's like yep. right behind them. I mean, my fucking stepmom decided to go to Myrtle Beach with her family. And I'm like, I hope nobody's going out to eat because, you know, this article from the Washington Post that we read that's basically saying nobody has their shit together, that no. there are proven cases that are being spread there's one bar 60 people got sick in the entire bar in one night which included a handful of employees owners have decided to shut down to protect their staff's health but it's at the owner's discretion is what the laws say so if they have this sick is, employees they can still stay open Shit's they can crazy. lie yeah and so the thing is and like this is why we're you know first and foremost we're advocating for you, yes. our listener, who is put in this position where you might have a crooked boss who's, you know, letting people go or hiding it or, you know, just brushing things um, to the side with sick employees or sick customers. And hopefully, I, I hope and think, you know, um, that if a employee was told to cover it up, that they would tell the rest of you, their coworkers, for your own safety. Totally. And I know it's so hard because you just got to go back to work and what have you, but you don't want coronavirus. Are you fucking kidding me? No way. I don't want this for anybody, but it's just like, it's too soon, bro. Well, the customers who are being like weird and shady and whatever, they can have a little corona. They can just <laughs> get a little bit of it. The ones that try and push tables together because we it, reached out on Instagram and asked people how they were feeling, how it was like, what it was like to be back to work. And a lot of people were like, people are still assholes and people yep, try and push tables together. But then, of course, there was like people have been great. You know, there's always a yin to the yang, you know. Right. Like. Like I feel like my feeling toward this is, you know, for people who are being really reckless, act, you know, being anti-maskers, acting like still that COVID is a hoax. I wish for them to get COVID just to the point where they think they need to go on a ventilator, but they don't. Well, I think <laughs> I'm not gonna. Say I that, don't. I, I. Yeah. You know what? I stand by it because you know what? I. You deserve this bone shaking super virus. What I will say, and I just said to a friend I was talking to right before we started recording, is a lot of states that this is happening in are ones that refuse to play by the rules to begin with. So of we're course. talking about people that will now, unfortunately, in some fashion, be personally affected by yep. this virus finally and being shaken to their core you know it's like it, it takes like it builds and builds and builds and builds and then it's gonna get really really bad just like fucking racism in this country you know what I mean? yeah 
right? Where you're yeah. just kind of like, oh, it's kind of reached a tipping point where we can't ignore it anymore. Correct. You know, which has been also like, you like know, we all obviously, need to do the right thing. You yeah. and I have, you and I have protested. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I went out three days in a row and then I, I dialed it back to, to get a COVID test, you know, because for me personally, that was the most I'd been out. I went from quarantined alone for almost 90 days to like in a huge crowd protesting. And mm-hmm. so that was really jarring and scary for me. I'm negative. Like we both said, yeah, baby. I love being negative. People <laughs> have always been like, Brooke, you're so negative. And today <laughs> I'm like, that's right. Um, See, the thing yeah. is, is I'm usually positive, you know, I know, but not today. I know. <laughs> not today. I'm so glad you've joined the dark side. Um, but right. So, yeah, it's this really interesting thing where I feel like I'm also seeing um, beginnings and like a crossover of like once we just continue to demand uh, social and racial change and, and justice and reform, especially with the way we're policing, the way that racism has been just this quiet plague that just poisons our country that is our original sin that we need to address and do better with and we're like moving mountains in such a short amount of time already and then I feel like all of the other you know injustices and groups that are discriminated and mistreated will like fall into line underneath I thought about that all the Right, all the systems that will hopefully start to correct and like somewhere down there, maybe like number 22, 23 is justice for people in the service industry. There you go. That's 22, that's like not that far away. It's, it's still a real priority, you mm-hmm. know? We've got to fix um, like misogyny and still a lot of homophobic, you know, rhetoric and also uh, let's not forget this country's like hella racist against um, Hispanic, you know, Latinx and like it's, you know, we've got a lot to fix, Mm -hmm. but I feel like really motivated. Yeah, I think we're all feeling it for sure. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, uh, should we do some... uh Server. Server. Andrew, is it? Could it be? Sometimes. Oh. It's, it's time so for some server submitted, server submitted stories. First story. Okay. Hi, ladies. I recently just started my job back up as a server at the local pizza restaurant in my college town in southern Illinois that's been there for almost 51 years. So there's a lot of tradition and nostalgia. It's exhausting, especially because everything has changed because of the pandemic. My boss decided that since Illinois' guidelines said that people were allowed to eat in the restaurant's outdoor area, she had us make an outdoor area and call it alfresco dining because it sounds fancy. <laughs> and it's also so time. fancy. Keep in mind, it's in our parking lot, and we have one tent that only covers two of the six tables for 30 minutes the whole time we are open before the sun sets. Oh, God. <laughs> so blazing hot. And yet, people still come in to eat their hot pizza and pasta in 85 degree plus heat. Including humidity because Southern Illinois, Southern Jesus. Illinois, Jeez, uh, my ang- my anxiety is popping off. I, I mean, do that's not like the being... South at that point. Ugh, gross. Yeah. The first two tables I had were people with physical handicaps. The first couple were in a wheelchair, so they couldn't get to the table in the first place because there were chairs everywhere, <sighs> and had to have me help them open their items in order to even eat them, which usually isn't the problem, but now it's a health code violation for everybody right. because yep. of COVID. Yep. 
The second was a very sweet woman who couldn't understand me because she reads lips and I had a fucking mask on. This is just like I sound added, effects I, central. Yeah, I added, like, right? I added fucking because I felt it. You know, I did. Um, it made me think once again how the restaurant industry really doesn't take those with physical handicaps into consideration when they're forced to change the physical layout of their restaurant. And honestly, it was heartbreaking. I brought it up to my bosses and nothing has been done as of right now. Godspeed and good tips, Stephanie. <sighs> okay. Well, first of all, major props, Stephanie, that you immediately recognized this, reported what you saw, and were like, hey, guys, like, we're not in compliance. Totally. You know? and, and this is something that needs to be fixed, like, quickly because uh, – and it's so hard yes and it's so hard like I absolutely hold space and have sympathy for both you know sides where it's just like it is so frustrating you know as me personally as someone who has like actually like a handful of friends who have you know um disabilities and and move through the world you know with different capabilities you know I mean they're still very able like I'm very sensitive around you know they're very able-bodied they just do things differently because Mm -hmm. of some things that happen to them right you know I don't like to call it like a negative thing because they're still living their life and being awesome and great but I'm sensitive to this because I am with them all of the time and and usually you know in restaurants and certain situations where you find like they're met with such rudeness Mm -hmm. um especially in New York New York is a nightmare playground for anyone who is in a wheelchair has any sort of um device that assists them you know to get around it's really really bad It's it's already super fucking difficult as it is yeah it is right and obviously with like you know, a lot of um, like the Disability Act and, and a lot more rights, you know, which this is also a civil rights issue mm-hmm. in um, as is. And so restaurants are required to do their best to make sure their their stalls um, to make sure that the entryways are safe to enter. Like, you know, all this right, stuff, ramps, all that stuff. And I think all of it. that being said, with new protocols in place, which uh, let's be honest, and we, I just read an article today that even just in California, there's like thousands and thousands of restaurants who aren't even complying to like new protocol out there. So it's going to, the only thing we can hope for in this, and Stephanie, thank you for bringing it to our attention, is that everything will fall into place and they'll, and, and, and eventually this will like get nipped in the bud. Also, also right. a vaccine will help a lot too. Um. <laughs> a vaccine would really help out. And right. So it's like the way I see it is like your business is scrambling to make something work with these crazy new laws that have been put in place for them to even be able to be open and you to go have a job. But what does suck is the stuff that falls to the wayside usually and almost always is going to affect someone with a disability. And so hopefully they can get it all together, get it perfect, get this whole shit streamlined. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. But if you are seeing this in your workplace and realize that you've made like a really un, um, like a very like unfriendly situation where people who have different needs can't come enjoy, like it's really worth bringing up because like we were saying too that it's like, man, you know, you don't know how much of a joy it could be for them that maybe based on certain things they've been going through in quarantine that this was like a really exciting first outing and then they show up and they can't get served like that's awful yeah so I know it's not intentional but like let's all do better call it out when you see it absolutely awesome thanks Stephanie we love you okay so uh 
you know that we we do celebrate chefs on the show a little bit on the sly. We we like a sous chef a little more than like a fancy chef. You know? I don't know. They're cool with me. I'm cool with them. Of That's course, what I think. of course, of course. <laughs> no, I know. We we love our service industry brothers and sisters. Um, so I'm excited because we got uh, a brand new listener who immediately submitted a story, which I'm like, that's what we want. Yeah, we want you guys to send us your stories. That's why they're called server submitted stories. Uh, including prep cooks and chefs. Yeah, what's your restaurant story? Send it our we, way. We don't discriminate. We, we want the bus. We want the bus story and the bartender story. <laughs> we want a story about a host, a host disaster. Please if, send it. If you were doing something like emptying the grease traps, oh, yeah, if you guys ever do anything like that, send us the tale. Are you the Are you the night steward? We want to hear from you. Oh yeah, um, night steward. <laughs> Well, those those are the ones who like actually have to scrub the toilets. Anyways, <laughs> we want to hear from you. We love it. a good toilet scrubbing Send story. <laughs> somebody, did somebody, okay. did somebody poop in the bathroom on the floor during your shift? Let us know. Send it away. <laughs> this is like uh, I I could I could keep doing this, but we'd probably yeah, get okay. canceled. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna cut you off and move forward with this uh, brand new submission. Okay. So this was sent in from a listener named uh, MR. All right. So he says, give you folks a listen since I heard that you got added to the last podcast crew. Heard you talking about how you like stories. So I have a great one for you. So fresh out of culinary school, I started working as a seasonal cook, then chef. The downside being that there's a one to two month downtime between season, uh, between seasons, depending on which resorts you go to. I'm used to working a lot, as I'm sure most in the industry are. Hell yeah. We know that. Double baby. And I don't like too much downtime, so I would usually end up working somewhere to keep busy in between seasons. All right, this is where it gets going. He says, the meat of the story takes place at what I will call a well-known 24-7 restaurant chain that specializes in breakfast. Okay, everyone start making your bets which chain this is. (laughs) I have like three places in my head already. I have a few ideas too. Okay, so uh, MR, he says, I worked the third shift. The joy of the drunk crowd wanting to sober up. Oh, boy. Oh, I miss that. I really miss that, Andrea. I want to do that again. Ugh. Anyways, on this night, I was still hungover and dragging ass as I punched in. I got on the line and got rocking. We were kind of a cold spot as there wasn't too much to do in the area. That night would be a bad one. On top of two local proms wrapping up around midnight, woof, some local NASCAR bro came to visit and brought enough people to bring us to capacity. Holy shit. Okay, so three people on the line can rock out a $15,000 night, no problem. I was in the zone. The order line was stacked with slips and the printer five feet off the ground and printed out back orders all the way to the floor and was not spooling around itself. I was in my zone. So much imagery in this writing. I'm going to call it Mr. MR. (laughs) Mr. MR, exactly. Little did I know we had just gotten our knives ground that afternoon. That means sharpened if you don't know that. If you're not familiar, once a month, a guy would come in and swap out all our knives for ones with a razor's edge. Oh, God, here we go. On to the incident. One I have only recently, after 10 years, even admitted to. This is going to be good. Okay. The big group with the NASCAR bro, they were all fairly drunk. The kitchen crew was getting haggard after a few hundred high school students had run through after prom right when the NASCAR folk entered. Of course, they were all together. They ordered a special kind of fries we make. French fries with shredded cheese, bacon, and topped with nacho cheese. Yum. 
I'm on board. Okay. I prep all my plates in a stack. We'll have to push 30 of them. I grab a whole hotel pan of bacon and start ripping through it so I can just hammer all these fries in one go. Okay, this is someone who knows how to prioritize their right, job. Right, right, right. That's 30, 30 orders of bacon fries. Totally. It's crazy. <laughs> like, like if you have to, like, pick up a hotel pan, you know a lot of people just ordered the same fucking shit. Mm-hmm. So, okay. says, as I'm finishing up the last of the bacon, it happened. My left middle finger uncurled from its muscle memory position just enough to slice off three quarters of an inch diagonally from my <laughs> fingertip. <laughs> The knife was so sharp, I barely felt it, which we've all been there. He said there was no immediate blood or pain. Also recognized that. He's like, but I knew something bad had happened. <laughs> I hate that. That is a moment when you're like. Yeah, you're like, a gulp. Uh, I'm not sure what's about to go down, but probably some bad shit. Okay. So he says, I immediately yell, fuck, and spring for the back of house. Because he says our kitchen was open and faced the counter where people could sit. Oh, God. I did not know how bad it was, but I did not want to spray the open kitchen with blood. (laughs) Good call. I grab a fist full of paper towels, wrap it around my finger, pull on another glove, and tape it around my wrist as the glove now starts filling with blood. I pass by the the GM's office and let him know that I have probably cut myself badly and have to run to the hospital ASAP. Okay. Fast forward a few hours. I'm stitched up and back to work. This guy's a fucking boss, bro. They'd called in another cook who lives nearby, and things have quieted down at this point. So I pop my head in the GM's office, apologize, and say that I'm sorry they had to break down the whole ass line when it was me who wrecked it. And he says, I'm sorry, what? I went over what happened. His face went white. (laughs) I asked if they found my fingertip, not that I could do anything with it, his face went bloodless as he sprinted back to the line and yanked my coworker off in hushed whispers. <laughs> it turns out he thought I quit. He scooped up all the bacon and my fingertip, made all the fries without knowing what happened, and sent them out before grabbing the GM to help him get out of the weeds. Oh, my God. <laughs> Me and the GM find the waitress that had that big group. She confirmed that they were drunk and damn near licked the plates clean. Jesus I love this so much. Uh, My GM swore me to secrecy, said we would never speak of this again, and I went home while they quietly broke down the line to get ahead of it before the next shift comes in. Sincerely, MR. Oh, my God. Isn't there a NASCAR driver that I've heard of who is into cannibalism now that is this uh, yeah, possible story? <laughs> is that is that what's going around? Look, I mean, th- that's not the first fingertip that's ever been eaten at a restaurant. Oh, please. First of it's, all. Th- right. It's nice For- to know that it still does happen. This is a fucking awesome story. This is. That GM is an interesting character. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, I, f- I thought you yelled, oh, fuck, and quit. You know, and like you know, nobody who, else noticed it all happened so quickly. I guess, and everybody was so busy, it was just like one of those perfect things where like he did the right thing, but like nothing else like fell into place. Right, you know, and when you're in shock like that, you forget to go fishing around for your fingertip. Um, just speaking from experience, I'm missing part of a thumb and a little bit of a forefinger. I'm surprised he got his finger stitched up so quick, considering it was prom night. I just figured there'd be a bunch of teenagers stuck inside each other at the at the old urgent care well 
Truly, I know, but you know what prom night is for fingering. And And finger foods. And finger food. Oh, man. (laughs) I wonder if this happened around the Finger Lakes in New York. Oh, no. I wonder if those I wonder if those fries were made from fingerling potatoes. I wonder if anybody got anybody's uh, digits at the end of the night. (laughs) (laughs) You're such an asshole. I love it. I love it. Uh, um, Thank you so much for sending in these stories. Yeah, you guys keep sending in stories and we'll say funny things like that at the end. Don't you? (laughs) I mean, are you guys impressed or what? Uh, But no, seriously, like reading these stories bring us closer together as a unit, in my opinion, and give Brooke and I life for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm so bored every other day of the week until I get these stories. <laughs> it gives me life. Um, where, all right. Who, where, can, where can they send their stories, Brooke? All right. Any and all good, bad, ugly, fun, heartwarming, anything you got that you think is a great story from your restaurant and serving or counter working sort of job, send it to sideworkpod at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram, uh, which is at Sidework Podcast. Please follow us anyways. We want to be friends. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying that like working in the Midwest, especially during the summer, we're sitting here going like, oh man, we miss those storms. But then during the summer, you see one rolling in and you're like, there goes my night. It's true. <laughs> like, especially working on an outdoor patio ever. Like, I just remember the nights when like the storm would roll in and everybody would run inside. It'd just be pouring rain. It sucked when I used to work like work on a patio and people were like oh we want to sit outside and I'm like it's gonna storm in 30 minutes we don't care there's an umbrella I know I'm like dummy I'm not okay whatever I'm not helping you bring stuff back in you're right and then there's that always always that one table that were like we're, we actually we prefer to stay out here under the umbrella and you're like yeah but do you see this like 20 foot path I have to walk through to get to you that's not covered that's when I say, okay, just bring in the check when you're done, because I'm not coming back out here. Oh, my God. <laughs> nope. It's so real. Oh, God. The, like, patio, patio, it's patio aggressiveness. Passive patio aggressiveness, where you're like, okay, enjoy that little storm, motherfucker. <laughs> right. That's exactly what it is. Like, you deserve it if you want to stay Oh, my home. God. Well, you guys... I- you deserve everything that's going to happen to you. The the lovely voice uh, of our guest you're hearing is uh, YouTube's Confessions of a Server, uh, our hilarious friend from Ohio. We're so glad to have him back on. You guys, Quaylen Harris is back on the show hello. today. Hello. 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 So, Thanks for having me back Oh, my on. God. Absolutely. Thank you for all the work you do. Thank you for your anti-Karen work. Thank you for your hilarious memes. Thank you for keeping us all like laughing and jovial and yet keeping it real through this entire time we've been going through. You want to know something? Yep. I've actually got away from making Karen memes and stuff. <laughs> You're like, CNN's doing it. I'm not going to do both, it anymore. <laughs> both me and Phil, honest restaurant manager, we have this conversation all the time how we don't like to do Karen memes anymore or Karen videos because it's just getting like so it's the thing now. Yeah. Everyone's calling everyone Karen's. So I'm just like, you're like, I, I don't want to do that. anymore. I know I, be, I, I need to be different. <laughs> like I was doing it when it wasn't as cool and now it's cool. I'm like, ah, I got to come up with something else now. Totally. So, Absolutely. Yeah. 
I will forever be linked to Karen because of my Don't Be a Karen video and my T-shirts are set. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think it's it's all that thing where you want to stay ahead of the curve. You're like, this is mainstream now, and I'm a content creator and originator. Right. So we need to come up with new new ways to insult it's true. people. I mean, and it's true. Like, there's basically, like, Karen's have become, like, uh, a little bit of an icon fueled by by hate. You know what I mean? In a big way. Not just in like a ha ha, that lady sucks way. Right. Like, <laughs> But it's also because people are turning it into that. Like when I first made my Don't Be a Karen video, it wasn't for hate. Like a lady yep. that helped raise me, her name is Karen and she found it hilarious. My Aunt KK, she's a beautiful soul. I would not be the person I am without her, but she watched it and she laughed. But now it's like, you can't say Karen because... It's, it's a hateful word. Right. Like, oh, shut up. people! Oh, no, it's not. We we really talked through this, that anyone who's actually a Karen and especially if they're a person who doesn't engage in this behavior, they have no issue with it. Exactly. You know, it, yeah. like, you know, ugh, it's yeah, please. It's just another way for um, again, for Karen's to Karen hard. Right. You know, <laughs> so Karen's to Karen hard. Quaylen, that sounds like a song. So Quaylen, you're, you're back at work, right? I am. Well, please, am. please tell us how it's going. It is surprisingly going well. Okay. Other than, okay. It has this good and it's bad. I would say, I would start off by saying the customers I've had have all been fucking phenomenal. Awesome. Everyone has been very uh, accommodating, very understanding. I've, I think I've only ran into two uh, customers so far, and I've been back for about a month that have been, like, rude. One mm-hmm. was, like, actually yesterday. It wasn't even about everything that was going on. She was just mad about our, like, point system, our visits that we have mm-hmm. with our restaurant. Um, and the other one, they're really old people. They are just rude and mad that we didn't have stuff because we're on a limited menu. Right. So, like, they were getting mad because we didn't have certain things. So, I kind of got my revenge at the end when they asked if we had a senior discount. And I said, nope, all of our discounts and stuff are suspended right now because we've been closed for three months. Yep. I'm an asshole. Uh, No, no, no. You're not. You're not. But it's just like you you get back what you give, man. You know? Like, yeah. I mean, of course we could have gave it to them, but I was just like, no, we're not doing it because, <laughs> you know, COVID. And they're just like, oh, fine, whatever. <laughs> well, and I think what people need to understand, you know, people screaming, you, I think you put this together, the the sentiment about uh, people being furious that there are no like happy hours or two for one deals that they loved right now, which is like, what? Of course there isn't. We yeah. haven't made money in three months. No yeah, deal I, for you. I got that meme from uh from another page. But yeah, it's the same thing. Like, people are getting mad. Like, oh, you're not doing... And listen, I'll be the first one to say, I love a good happy hour. Sure. Agreed. I love going somewhere and getting drunk for half the price. But you have to understand, we have not... No restaurant has really pulled in any major income. Yeah, to go and stuff like that. But no major income within the last since February. Yeah, plus there's you know? it's all new rules too. So you can't just like have people like swarming into the restaurant like between 4 and 6 just to drink, just to have a couple drinks and an appetizer and go. It's not that simple anymore, right? Right. No, it's not. I mean like that gets into the parts that kind of suck then because okay, you have here we to go. do with like 
the social distancing aspect as well. Mm -hmm. So every other booth, every other table, having to wear a mask, um, having to wear gloves. Uh, Some places are like requiring servers to wear gloves when you're going out there. It's like, well, that might cause more cross-contamination than not if we're just washing our hands. And wearing masks is horrible. Mm -hmm. I have so much more respect for people in the healthcare uh, profession because they have to constantly wear these masks. And I'm like, I'm sitting here wearing it for three minutes and I have to like lift it up and like try to breathe because it's just so bad. Yeah. Um, And just like all the, it makes me frustrated because I'm like, one, I didn't want to close. I I didn't want to close my restaurant. I wanted to keep working. Um, if we were to take the health, the health precautions while we were doing everything, while we were still working, fine. I understand why we closed, you know, and, but my thing is we closed to try to help get rid of it. Yes. Why are we opening now? Right. When it's still out there. Right. Second wave is coming, but it's you're here. opening it, you're opening it now, but we have restrictions. Yeah. So me as a server being told I ha- I, I'm i getting half the tables that I was before, different hours, um, our menu is limited. We had a lot of our bigger item things off the menu and telling us what we can and can't do. We can't have a full restaurant, stuff like that. If you're still that scared about the spread of the virus, keep restaurants closed. Yeah. And do full do full menu and takeout, you know, if that's what they need to do to keep the lights on for now. Because do you mind like sharing like what like in comparison, what a great night in the old days was versus what's your best takeaway been so far with tips? So every I, I am fortunate enough to have a great manager who lets me pretty much make my own schedule. Nice. And I would work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. And if I need to, she knew that I would pick up on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Wednesdays were my money days. Many people don't say that, but Wednesdays no. were my money oh, days. Oh, I, I used to have, I think like Tuesdays were my money day, like once upon right. a time, which is unheard of, you know? That's when that's when all my regulars would come in, come and see me, things of that nature. I could walk out on a, on a, um, on a Wednesday and make around three. Awesome. Wow, that's dope. On a, and that's on a Wednesday, you know? Yeah. People people can make that on a weekend, Saturday, Sunday. Of course, yeah. when you're busier, but Wednesdays aren't busy. But I, I think the most I've ever made on a Wednesday was like 350 That's awesome. And that's also the sign work, of a successful restaurant because if you're rolling with that on a weekday, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I made that. I worked yesterday and I made $60. Jesus. And that was me. And okay, me making three fifty. It wasn't every single Wednesday. You know, I would average between one. I would average between one one fifty and two fifty right. on Wednesdays. Is your shift longer? You know? Like, are you working? I would. I, w- I would work doubles. So I would open up. We would open at eleven, and then I would only work to like when the other person came in to the section that we were in. I would work from eleven to like six thirty seven. Nice. And I and I on average would make one fifty to two fifty. Um, but with just like I said, different hours, the restaurant being closed for lunch because that lunch crowd isn't coming in like we normally would right. have. Um, limited meetings, everything like that. Yeah, I only made like sixty five dollars yesterday. Wow. Fuck. So fuck. And how and how do you how do you expect us to live off that? You make us get off of unemployment. Right. Where um, you know, we with the extra six hundred, 
people are doing pretty good on the plane, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is also our slower season as well. Summer is our slower season for my restaurant. So we're going back in the middle of our slow season. So it's just anyways. like layers of awfulness piled on top of each other. And just yeah. you got to But you still got to keep that uniform nice and crisp and clean. Right. We, we still have to go in there. And I mean, just like I said, the customer is being awesome. Uh, my manager's being awesome. That's been making it a lot easier to go back yeah. into work. Because if I was dealing with horrible customers, uh, I would have. I would just tell my manager not to schedule me and just let me stay on unemployed. Yeah, and I think but we've I all heard the tales of people being pretty shitty to people. Coming like nothing's ever nothing's changed. And I went in expecting that. I went in expecting to have the worst of the worst because Toledo, our customers are very hard to work. Like this is a hard clientele to work in, but. I can honestly say everyone's been great. That's great. I mean, you know, yeah. it's it's really nice. And we've said it before. Like, people realize, like, we're in charge of, like, you mm-hmm. having a good time. Like, without us, you don't have that, you know? Yeah. And, and can we also just, like, you know, for anyone out there who's got, like, old world brain still happening where they don't understand this is a brave new world. Like, happy hour should just be considered you're allowed to go to a restaurant. Yeah, just That's going to ha- be happy, your happy, just be happy, happy hours for an hour, that they're open. I mean, especially now with, you know, Florida's done. Oregon's done. They're furloughed. They're furloughed Te- again. Texas yep. is like, they're fucking fighting the governor. There's governors fighting like mayors to like whether or not like they can in, wear face, like say everybody has to wear face masks, like just in public. Like these are the things that are happening. So, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> But, you know, I think it's great to know that people are taking care of you um, as far as customer base. But like we're here and I want to talk today um, about tipping and the origins of tipping, especially you talking about, you know, not making a living wage now because everything has been slashed. You know, we've we've advocated for and talked about in the past um, one fair wage, which is a movement to ensure uh, a decent minimum wage that meets the standard of every other minimum wage, if not more. Um, and paying servers a living wage with tips on top of it. So I thought today with everything that we could um, really dive into this topic and open some fucking eyes, you know, because basically, basically tipping is racist <laughs> and dates back uh, to post-Civil War history. I didn't realize that um, like tipping was very un-American. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that it was brought here by fancy Americans who went to Europe for a little bit. You and say then came fancy, back. I say asshole. Rich, rich yeah. I know. Okay, well, they, they went over there thinking they were fancy and came back. And they're like, look at me giving a little extra tippity-doo. Right, but the thing about tipping <laughs> was... European. So tipping originated in Europe, like, in medieval times, you guys. Not at medieval times, but you should tip if you're going to medieval times. Tip your servers there. <laughs> But um, I imagine I imagine it's an autograt situation. I would hope. Like, but, but um, what, what's what's medieval times? Is that a restaurant? Oh my god! Oh, Quaylen. So medieval times is like dinner and a show where you go and see like a knights uh, like duel each other. 
they joust on, on horses horseback. in a dirt arena. And you eat like chicken with your hands and drink Pepsi out of a have you seen Cable Guy before? Like Oh, yes, okay, yes. yeah. I thought That's, that was just like Renaissance fairs and stuff like uh, that. That's like an actual themed it's restaurant. An actual theme restaurant. There's a hand of oh. them all over. A dining experience I believe the, unlike uh, any other. The original one is in Orange County, I believe, but there is there's a few scattered throughout the country. So the you way can, the look Brooke gave me when I said that, I am so sorry I've never heard of this. It's you okay. were like turned around, you were like, Wayland. <laughs> 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 you know also why because like I have such fond memories it's like one of the only good times I had with my ex-husband so anyways so this dates back to medieval times right so we're basically in aristocratic homes um lords would give their servants like a little extra money when they went above and beyond their duties so this was like so dated back so here we go all these rich Americans visit Europe in 1850 and pick this up like this is how it originated it's brought back to the states um and the american public is like "Mm, no thank you we're deeply uncomfortable with this shit (laughs) so they many of them saw tipping as undemocratic and therefore un-american because at that point i mean being a democracy was still like pretty hardcore you know it's like we're less than 100 years in at that point where it's a true democracy so so then an hour, a powerful anti-tipping movement erupted, fueled by the argument that employers, not customers, should be paying workers. But American restaurants and railway companies fought back super hard to keep tipping because they knew that it meant that they didn't have to pay. Here we go. Ding, ding, ding. Post-Civil War, recently freed black slaves who are now vastly employed by those industries. Right. Because it basically it, it's an intersection of the 13th Amendment. Um, abolishing slavery and then and then being like well how can we keep people working for free (laughs) right so yeah yeah. Yeah. so basically like if you weren't a sharecropper like if you didn't if you weren't able to get like your 40 acres and a mule like after after being formerly enslaved and you had to get back into the workforce somehow and start your goddamn life right and the jobs that were mainly available were being a waiter, being a bartender, being a housekeeper, being a railroad porter, or being a barber. So <clears throat> it's like the more you get into this, anger you get too. Just to see, like, just to realize that, like, the entire fucking system that we love and support is like based on all of this, you know, like so many other systems, obviously, now that we're debunking everything. Um, so, the, the, so there was no base wage. It was just like you made zero and zero dollars an hour. You like only got tips. Yeah. And as we all know, <laughs> when you come out of furlough and you're relying on tips in a restaurant at half capacity, the system is flawed. It it very it's it's been a flawed system for a while. Oh yes. It's something that, you know, people always speak about. Now, I also, I don't like to play the devil's advocate, but I also look at it like just how we were talking about earlier, how much I make on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. What other job can I walk into, work for True. seven hours and make $300? Absolutely. You know? you know, And, and, and it sucks that it, there, there's the good and the bad. And... Um, the one thing that I want to say is like, yeah, it was started probably as a racist thing, but I don't feel like it is nowadays. 
I, I would never look at like tipping now as like something that is racist now. I mean, what I think like though, the, the concept. Uh, right. yeah, yes, it was it was started off as that, but everything evolves. Right. You get what oh, I'm yeah. saying? And I the think evo- what the evolution of it now from what it was, it's not meant the same way that it was like as more of a racist thing to keep people from not making money right yeah like it is now. absolutely in in the beginning it was just another form of radical oppression right Right. and especially for you know whitey to be like ah we still are assholes you know for sure but we have to kind of also say that this business that we all you know love and support and, and advocate that for feels, is still I soaked think, in discrimination. It's still there's classism and exploitation and harassment and you know like sexual. Yeah, that's the word right there. Discrimination. Discrimination. Not so much racism. Discrimination. Right. That's I, I yes I agree with you one hundred percent on that for sure. Um, but yes and. You know, because you get the people who think that they're better than you because you are the server, you are the bartender and you are providing a service to them and they're kind of dangling. Oh, yeah. Come get the carrot. Come Ah, get the carrot. If if you don't do this, I've I've heard it so many times. Huh? If you don't get me this, I'm not going to tip you. And in my mind, I'm like, bro. I made almost sixty thousand dollars last year. Right. Yeah. But like, I, like. <laughs> I think the thing to drill home, there's like two really big points when it comes to tipping, which is like you're talking about people who like would make zero and only rely on tipping, and who rely on the general public, not the not the employers, not the business owners, their customers to pay you is fucked up. Like first of all, yes. and people don't understand. I. I Altogether, not everybody understands that tips are how we make our money. And, and to not tip is yes, that is taking your rent money away from you, taking your car payments away from you, taking your college funds, whatever you're working toward, you're not getting it because people don't fucking understand it. Right. Or they understand it, they just don't care. Right. That's there's, another there's thing. There's that. There's yeah. that version of it too. You know, they're like, well, you chose this job. It's your fault. Right. That's like a favorite devil's advocate thing where people are like, I don't agree with it, with the system of tipping. Also, I realize this is how you uh, pay bills. I'm just not going to participate in it. But I do right. love to eat out. Right. Um, and like I also. Those, th- oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, like, those are the people that I hate the most. Like, yes. the ones who don't understand, you can educate them. My dad, who was born in 1936, didn't understand why you should go out and tip. Right. He had to well, be educated. that being said, in 1938, that's when minimum wage started with the New Deal, right? Where people had to pay you a living wage and restaurant jobs were separate through that. Jobs that were tipped were not part of the New Deal. And that was yeah, we, two years after your dad was born that happened. <laughs> we weren't we weren't lumped in, you know. But that's like also the, the, not that long ago, you know. Right. Well, and just the nature of the job, it was already very othered, you know, where it was just like, yeah, you're not real work. And so to be excluded from basic minimum wage is, yeah, again, it's like all these layers of dysfunction in this industry. And furthermore, I think, too, like Andrea is also just digging up, um, you know, like the history of tipping, which I also just wasn't aware of really where it came from. So we're also just like looking into the origins. We're not like, you know, just to go back to the point, like we're not saying that today and right now um, that it is a racist situation. We've normalized the shit out of what was a racist 
you know, um, just like right. a lot of things. origin. Right. Yeah, there's there's so many things that that, that start off kind of racist. I mean, um, like you guys, do you guys know where the stereotype that black people love chicken and watermelon comes from? No, slavery. Yes, because one, the uh, slaves would cook fried chicken for the slave masters, the owners. And they never experienced it before. It's a West African culture that was brought over by the slaves. Also, things like watermelon and okra, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The slaves would have those seeds stuck in their hair. So they would come over and they would be forced to grow these new fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. So, I mean, and I'm I'm not trying to... I don't even know the word I'm looking for. I'm just saying, like, there's so many things yeah. Oh, yeah. embedded that came from slavery Absolutely. that has evolved. But we're not going to sit out here and go stop drinking watermelon margaritas right. and stop going to KFC. Absolutely. You get what I'm saying? Oh, completely. Yeah. And if anything, the takeaway I want people who are listening who do don't know this, who might not identify and say, like, well, I'm not a racist and I'm not involved in anything like that. You sure as shit are if you work in the restaurant industry. And this is just another way of opening people's eyes and realizing you're a part of this fucking system. Like, this yeah. is how it is. So that that's, yeah. that's what I really think telling this information is, is for, you know? Powerful, I guess. This, 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 this nation we lived in is fucked up on so many levels that it's just... And it's, and it's great. Like, I love hearing from both of you, you know, um, people I would never have met if I wasn't in the restaurant industry, if I wasn't getting tipped and things like that. But I love hearing that you guys are, like, trying to educate yourself. Well, that's what I was going to say, too, is, like, we are newly angered white people <laughs> where you've 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 you're actually like, I'm cool. I knew this the whole time. And I like my three hundred fifty dollar night, you know, yeah. and are, are we ha- maybe we're having a stupid white privilege white lady moment, it's a good which thing. is OK. <laughs> Listen, no, you guys, you guys are completely fine. Like that, I, I am, I am one who can have a conversation with anyone about anything, and I. That's why I say I just love that you guys are newly white women who are angry because a lot of you guys are starting to come out of fucking Starbucks right now, so angry. Um, I don't go. But, I don't go there. Also, <laughs> oh, I was just being basic. I know, but yeah, it's like me, like. I've had friends that have asked me, like, why haven't I gone to protest? And I don't want to get deep in oh, into this. But I'm like, people are asking me, like, oh, why, why aren't you more angry? And I'm like, multiple reasons why I'm not more angry now. Like, I've been angry since Trevon Martin. Yeah. You know, like, I've been able to um, research my ancestors to the point where my grandfather four times was a slave. Wow. Like all this stuff, even though I'm only thirty five, I'm only thirty five. All this stuff isn't new information to me. Right. Yes. You know, like I just had a conversation with a friend earlier who was like, "Oh yay, companies are starting to recognize Juneteenth as a holiday," and I'm like, I laughed. They're like, "Why are you laughing? Aren't you happy?" I'm like, "What's Juneteenth?" Well, it's an African American holiday. Yeah, but what is the celebrating? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even I knew that. Like, <laughs> You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's getting to the point, and I don't want to say everyone's like this, but it's kind of getting to the point where, like, oh, this is just, like, the flavor of the month. Right. 
you know, well, not saying specifically you two. Thank you. But no, I would I would never say specifically you two because I can feel I can hear the passion and stuff in your voice. But I do have people who I am talking to who are like so gung ho about stuff, and I'm like, do the research. You know, yeah. look into why Juneteenth is a big holiday and why it should be celebrated, not just in the African-American community, because it was a huge thing. Texas, years after the fucking Civil War, finally told all their slaves that they were free. <laughs> like, you know, so it's, I mean, but it's good. It's good. It's good that the conversation's out. It's good that people are taking the time to research. It's good that we are now having these conversations, but it's just funny to me. People look at me as a black male, like, you're not more angry, and I'm like, I've, I've been angry. Yeah, you're like, like, hi, I was born with trauma in my fucking body. Like, this is, right. you know. It's like, it's like, you guys are like the Hulk in the first Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Where like he couldn't he couldn't control his rage uh-huh. and like so outraged and I'm the Hulk in Endgame. Where like I can be green and stuff and be cool taking pictures with kids and and turn on because like I'm always angry. It's because like, he went to India and got enlightened. You know what I mean? Like you know, and I, I went to uh, Ireland and got there. Enlightened you go. In Ireland, so pretty much super duper. And might I say that like I recognize and hope you recognize too that it's like I don't. I would, first of all, I would never, ever judge any of the black friends and, and family in my life to be like, why aren't you out there? Because it's it's the rest of our turn right now. You, you know, you sit back, you sit back because we've not stood by your side for years on end. And so, I, yeah, you can chill, please. You know, we're like, it's our turn as, as white people and, and other, you know, communities of color that haven't traditionally all gotten together like saying like Asians for Black Lives Matter like indigenous people for Black Lives Matter it's like you, we, we'll, we'll do it okay yeah. Brooke, we've been late to the party like that, Brooke saying stuff like that makes me want to be your next ex-husband oh. like, I, love, I, I love that you are saying things like that because I've, I've been getting so much flack and I'm like you guys don't understand no it's this, is, please. this has been a fight that yeah. my family my 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 friends and family members and stuff they've been fighting all their lives yeah and i've i'm not a stranger to this i don't i don't need to be out there right now because and it's the one thing that kind of put everything in perspective for me was when i talked to my dad around this time and it just clicked in my head because we were talking about this it just clicked in my head we're dealing with this for like what we're going on like a month now Mm mm-hmm Imagine him being born in 1936 and having to deal with this from the time he was born up until like the 90s, the 80s or 90s. Where did he grow up? My dad was born in the South. So it was like Jim Crow fucking Central? I got stories that I've heard from my dad and my grandmother when she was alive that would blow your fucking mind. I'm sure. I mean, I, like, well, I, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. It's like to the point where it was petty stuff where like my dad got arrested in the seventies for driving in a city past a certain time where a bell rang that this bell still rings, I'm pretty sure, in this city that let all the black people know to get out the city. Like uh like someone in a restaurant going, Last call. Pretty much. Pretty much. Like a bell that you would hear that ring like every hour. There's the city. 
um, around my hometown that I think it was like eight o'clock, the bell would ring and it was meant for all the black people to get out of the city. My dad was driving home from work and got arrested Gee. because he was driving home from work. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, yes, everything going on now is great. I love it. I love this movement. I love seeing more people take more action and really opening their eyes and stuff. But you're right though. It, it like this, like <laughs> silly image of like, like a group of like white kids on their way to Coachella and they like, they stop and they open like their, you know, their VW Volkswagen hybrid fuel efficient bus. And they're like, Quaylen, have you heard? America's racist. We're going to go fight it. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. When did that happen? Hold on, wait, wait. You mean to say. What? Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Um, and I, I also want to add to, you know, that it's like on top of being angry, there's just so much like what you're saying is like on our part too, like diving deeper, learning more, recognizing that the things we are having our minds blown is um, just par for the course and just a way, you know, black people moved through life and still do move through life and to really understand even though we might not personally have it happen to us but to be able to empathize and do our version of of identifying and, and just seeing it and respecting it and being like yeah yeah no shit like yeah. the, the most important thing to me about everything going on um is i just want the education to be there totally People to learn from this experience to learn um the reasons why we are mad we are angry things are happening right now that the education is the most important thing it's not it's not the protest it's not having signs it's not taking cool pictures for instagram showing that you support it's about you taking the next step after support and educating yourself why am i supporting what am i supporting what is going on? How can we help to try to make this not happen again? Yes. That's the most important part. Not all the protests, not all the looting, the rioting, not yelling at people, things like that. It's about the education and learning and teaching those who are younger than us to do better. Those are I, the most important parts, in my in my opinion. Yeah. I, in and, my opinion. And I also think to not let the momentum of what's happening die down. Otherwise, this will just be history repeating itself, which is also why I can understand why black people are like, yeah, we'll see about this. You know, I've said, that, I've said that multiple times. Let's see where we are in August. Exactly. And I'm still going to be enraged in August. I mean, people aren't going to like put statues back up. You know, they're not going to be like, they're not going to fish them out of the harbors yeah, and, yeah. you know, like. But they needed to go a long mm -hmm. fucking time ago. But so. it also goes back to a point that I made earlier with the education. You're doing all this stuff, but do you know why? Totally. Do you you know, can't, like, if you're going to erase, you, you have to educate. You can't just. Do you know who that, you, you really can't erase the past, but educate well, why is that statue getting taken down? Why is there such an uproar with the Confederate flag right now? You might think as a 20-year-old male that the Confederate flag just means freedom and fun and stuff, but no, it doesn't. It means so much more than that yeah. if you do the education on 
the Confederate. Flag, yeah, you know? which so was it's just, lasted five whole years, the Confederacy total, and yet here we are. Right. Like so, I mean, it's just it's just a thing. It's just education, you know. It's education just evolving, and, and I tell all my friends now, like who have kids, like the only way that racism can get beat is if we um, educate the kids, the younger ones, to be better. And also, I think overhauling education in schools on top of education at home to to really like redo like we have just such whitewashed history, you know, we're not even taught correctly about, you know, I mean, like the people that we hold as heroes like George Washington and all they're they're months. They're not, you know, they their whole history has been rewritten and the really dark parts have been left out, you know. And so just overall education, everyone's got a job to do, just, you know. Do little things like teach what Juneteenth is, mm-hmm. which so people that, so people know, you know, and, that, and it's that, easy. Mm-hmm. Why why is that not something that you can even bring that up in the education uh, during Black History Month yeah. if you want? Like it's it's five seconds. What is Juneteenth? Juneteenth is this, yeah. But that is still not taught. I didn't teach. I didn't learn what Juneteenth was in school. I learned what it was by going to these celebrations that our city would hold. And asking questions and my parents telling me what it was. I, I, I never once heard about Juneteenth in school. And like, you know, first of all, I think we should call it the new 4th of July. But I think also people, <laughs> even people are like, you're like, hey, what's the 4th of July? And people are like, oh, fireworks. Uh, my dog gets really scared. <laughs> right. I, I drink wine coolers and pass out on the lawn. Right. I get a sunburn right. on right. the lake, bro. That's what I, that's right. what the 4th of July is. Um, Yeah. Can I just say that I've seen two Juneteenth sales posted already? Oh, wait, wait. Andrew, does that mean I can get a deal on a mattress? Uh, Yeah. It's just another reason for mattress companies to have a sale is basically it's Ooh. I'm just like, can we just get through one? Can just the first one like that's going to be actually be recognized. completely recognized by like uh, the vast majority of people. Look just at, just, just oh, let it be. Quayla. Oh yeah, oh, God. it's bad. Can, can, like, can we? This, can we? Okay, rec- okay, okay. Let me let me let me speak. Let, okay, let, me, please. let me speak. Yep, I, yep. I've I've already said that I've spoke my piece about no. everything that's going on. But this, I'm I'm going to reopen this wound that that's in me right now. I hate, 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 hate the fact that. People, companies like that are doing stuff to seem like they're okay with black people and that they're they're showing their support by doing a sale or we're gonna put out a statement saying we're do stuff because it's the right thing to do, not because you feel the necessity to do it. If if you didn't if it, I'm I'm still getting emails from big companies sending out messages now in response to everything that's been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks and they're doing it because they're getting backlash because oh we didn't hear from we didn't hear from we didn't hear from if you didn't feel like you needed to make a statement then and these are large companies that mm-hmm. can easily hire someone the next day to write a statement and get it out if you didn't feel the necessity to do it then don't fucking do it now because 
to me, and I know I'm not the only black person in America, and there are probably people who appreciate that, but to me, it looks very, very fake. Yep. And you're just yes. trying to save your ass by doing stuff like that. And that's what I feel like these companies now giving employees days off for Juneteenth. Uh, we're going to go on and uh, Uber Eats is going to list all the black owned restaurants that you can go and support. Oh, we're going to give a mattress set, like all that stuff. You're, you're not really doing anything for the cause. Yeah. And I'm well, all for silence is violence. Like, yes, yes, yes. But like, there's also another time and place where you just, you're constantly putting your fucking foot in your mouth. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Do st- if you're doing something, do it for the cause, not do it to for the save cause. your ass. Right. And also it's, it's the laziest and the easiest form of trying to get on board. And it's like, no, 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 but you did none of the hard work, which is what we're trying to do, which is going to be ongoing, which is actual education and change versus posting one little thing or having a sale on social media. It's empty. Like what the, what the fuck is the sale going to do about everything going on right now? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like honestly, honestly, what, what is a Juneteenth sale? You taking money off of some product how is that going to affect what the fuck is going on in this world? And it's just like, oh yeah, hey, let's make money off the suffering of an entire race of people. Hell, like we've been doing forever. It's just canceling out everything that has been said so far, in my opinion. And now you guys are seeing that anger come out of me that <laughs> that I told you was within me because another thing is, why is it just now? This has been going on the George, Again, you're, it George, feels George like a trend. Zimmerman, yeah. George Zimmerman is still a free man yeah. mm-hmm. for killing a 14-year-old black boy for no reason. Yeah. Why are we why why was that not the like that was a kid who still had his entire life ahead of him. Who who knows what he could have accomplished in his life, who he could have been, what he could have done. And I'm not saying like the other people deserve to die. No one deserves to die. But like that was the that right there, mothers should have been more angry about because that was a kid. Yeah. That right there, humans should have been more angry about because that was a grown man killing a kid, and then that grown man got off. And that grown man is on dating apps. That's a true story. Did you match? No, no, thank God, no, no, no. I, sw- I swiped, I swiped left. Is that how you do no, it? I don't know. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. But no, it's just like it, that. That that's that's where, you know, a lot of my anger is just, it's just, uh, it's. To well, me, it, it seems like with not with everyone. I will always say it, not with everyone, not with everyone. But like with some things, it just seems like it's just the flavor of the month for people. And I'll be honest, I personally haven't kept my own. I've dipped in and out of it because I can. It's not my life that yeah. I have to face every day. And as yeah. much as, you know, I, I would do marches in New York, uh, the minute I got busy or something better kind of came along as a white person, I could, you know, like be like, OK, let's let's switch back into what's real and easy for me. And the truth is and hopefully it's a good truth is that it's taken people being stripped of their jobs and being stuck at home 
to finally pay attention and actually dig in. And yeah. so even that is sort of like, it, well, it it's because I can't do what I normally do that now I'm going to. And I don't mean that that's my sentiment, but it is a huge reason why everyone is definitely paying attention. And I think, you know, it can feel hollow or ring false, but it did like it took a pandemic yeah. for white people to focus like, and stay the course things had to be hushed for sure restaurants had to be shut down happy hours had to be taken away right yep you can't it's fine just just as long as it the education aspects of people yeah. still learning yeah. and taking it and I, I just don't want this to die next month in two months but me living through everything and having my parents and my siblings and stuff live through everything and then even just living through all the other murders that cops have had I, I kind of know where it's going to go. Yep. I hope it doesn't. Right. I hope it does not do that. But I am the person that's like, okay, I believe it when I see it. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, can I tell you guys a funny, a little fun fact I learned about uh, tipping and what it actually stands for? It means no. Um, no. to ensure promptness, <laughs> which is Tip that's what to- it stands for. It stands for, and it would be written on a plate, like a little you could like leave a coin on to ensure promptness, and that's that, really? and then tip. Yeah, hmm. yeah, right. Hmm. So to ensure promptness of your food, maybe we should just bring that back together. You better tip me. Uh, Quaylen, I just want to say thanks for being here and thanks for opening up and talking to us. Uh, you know, let's still remember tip, like, you know, tip servers only still make two thirteen an hour and that's 80 years after they made $0 an hour. So yeah. let's, we got to fight first. We still got to fight in other ways, you know? I, I want to say thank you to both of you for having an open mind where we can mm-hmm. have a conversation like this. Because there are a lot of people out there that I cannot have a conversation like this with, even people who I've known years and years and years. You know, I've known you guys for a few months and I feel comfortable enough to have this conversation with both of you. And that really means a lot to me. That shows a lot about your guys' character, who y'all are. You're just not funny people who have a podcast, (laughs) but you guys are... You you guys are cool. You guys you guys are great. Thank you. you guys do your your research, and it really does bring joy to my heart that there are people like you who are taking the time out now to educate yourselves on what's going on, on the past, and things like that. And there's going to be people like you who are really going to make a change in this world. Thank you. Um, not just us who have been oppressed and. Uh, who have family members who have gone through all this, but it's going to be people like you who were ignorant to what was mm-hmm. going on and everything like that, taking the time, getting angry, and um, actually trying to make a change. So I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Like, I'm being 100% dead-ass serious from the cool. bottom of my heart. I thank you, too, for being awesome, awesome individuals that you are. Thank you so much. Quaylen, uh, how, do our, how do our listeners find you? You can find me um, on Facebook, Confessions of a Server, YouTube, Confessions of a Server, or my more popular social media, which actually was the one that I really didn't want to focus on, but it's actually the biggest. Instagram, Confessions of underscore a server. server. That's where where y'all can find me. Follow me. Enjoy my content. 
message me. I try to talk to everyone who messages me. Um, yeah, enjoy my community. Not just my followers. You guys, it's my community. I love it. You're doing a good job with it. Absolutely. Thank you, Thank you so much. Taking, taking notes over here. We're like, he's doing great. We, we're not very good or organized yet. We'll get well, there. Well, just on our side, you can find us at Instagram at uh, Sidework Podcast. Uh, same with Twitter. And then, you guys, if you have any of those server-submitted stories we talked about earlier, please send them our way.